if you are ready to take the hard road. The road less travelled. The path in life where the journey is more important than the destination. Then you are in the right place. Prepare to live with vigour. This is the Adventurous Gentleman Podcast. Oh, shit. Yeah. (laughs) Halfway through, you're like, you know what? I can do a podcast. Well, I was thinking. I was like, well, man, he's two hours ahead. He probably doesn't sleep that much either. No, I get that's the probably the thing I get in trouble for with my wife the most. Oh, not sleeping or sleeping too much? Not sleeping. I'm not a yeah, you know. And if I wake up, it could be two thirty, three thirty, and I feel like going. I'm going to go to the office and work. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the same boat. I go to bed at eight or nine. I get up at one thirty, and I'm like. I'm sure she thinks I'm cheating on her or something because I'm like, hey, I'm heading to the office. I'm going to do a podcast or, hey, I'm going to go finish this article. And she's like, uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's funny because, you know, you think guys get in trouble for going to the bar and stuff, not the office. <laughs> yeah, no no kid. Um, well, yeah, let's kick this thing off while I have service. All right. So... On the show today, welcome welcome to the Adventurous Gentlemen. On the show today, we have Aaron Snyder, a.k.a. the man who's harder than woodpecker lips. So you're heading to western Kansas. What's your uh, plans out there? Uh, well, I was out here the other day. Um, I say what my plan is, is um, whatever the guy I'm going with tells me, because uh, some of the deer we passed up the other day, I couldn't believe. And then, uh, you know, we saw a couple 180-type whitetails. Um, you know, a few 180 to 200 inch mule deer, and uh, it's just unbelievable, you know, place. Uh, and uh, there's a whitetail that's in the high 180s with like a nine to 12 inch dropper coming off the main beam. That uh, when we saw him the other day, he was on property we couldn't hunt. Obviously, it's all private, and uh, but he's dumber than hell. And uh, when I say dumb, I mean he's rutted up. So anyway, we're going back out there. There's like six or seven different bucks we're going to try and kill, but um, he's definitely on the top of the list. And why didn't you kill him last time you were out there? Well, he was on private uh, property that I couldn't hunt. Oh, all so right. what? What happened? He was on land. I'm pretty sure we got a, we would have got him killed if uh, he stayed where he was at. But man, a doe went into Asterisk and uh, pretty much screwed up everything. And he wasn't right there when she went into Asterisk, or he would have just beat the crap out of everybody. But um, he went over and beat the crap out of everybody. But, I mean, you know, nothing that we wanted to shoot came back to where we could hunt. So it's a, it's a fence line issue. Not something uh, I'm used to, actually. It's all new, new to me. Yeah. So uh, this is public land, then, you guys are on? No, no, no. I'm on private as well. Ah, gotcha. So it's just a neighbor bumping yep. up against you. How many acres yep. are you guys on? Man, I don't know how many it is. It's a bunch. You know, it's a lot of ag land. Uh, and uh, there's some, you know, oak bottoms, which is where I got in. I posted a photo the other day. There was a three by two that I, I had every intention on killing, but he wouldn't let me or didn't want me to. That was probably six or seven years old, 28, 30 inches wide, but just a crazy looking deer. But, you know, he's like, man, you don't want to kill that. And I'm like, oh, no, I do want to kill that. <laughs> no, you, you don't want to kill that. But, there's a lot of big deer in there. We saw, you know, we had a pile of like 160, um, 170 mule deer and several 
you know, 140 type whitetails that uh, were around. But um, this guy that I'm going with, uh, he only kills. I mean, after he texts you some photos, you know, you're looking at he's he's killed several 180 to 210 mule deer or guided. And uh, same with whitetails, a lot of 160 to 180 type whitetails, just big deer out here. Those are some big boys. Yeah, you know, I mean, you get out here and you're like, wow, this thing. So, so I've got a cold front coming in tomorrow. Uh, he seems fairly certain we're either going to kill out today or tomorrow. He's, he's extremely confident, so we'll see what happens. I mean, where we were at is where they always are. It's just that, you know how it is, when a doe goes into estrus, that can change the world where you're at. Yeah, one minute there, gone the next. Yeah, yeah. So are you guys doing spot and stalk or tree standing it? Yeah, just spot and stalk. You know, basically just glassing from different sections of the road from, you know, up to a mile or more out and then planting the, you know, the stalk or the route from there. And then you kind of got to sneak hunt. Although he's as bad as I am, he's not, his, his version of sneak hunting is like four times faster than everybody else, just like mine. So. We get there fast and then try and plan on the stock when we get close enough. So it's not as much as sneaking up on the deer as it is, please don't blow out the deer? Well, we just get there real quick and then we're sneaky. So um, it worked. I mean, I was surprised. And, you know, there's enough deer. It's a little bit different because there's like a group of, um, well, I just did, like a tending group, right? If, if that buck in that tending group is only, you know, 160, he's like, we'll just pretend they're not here. They'll probably see us, but don't worry about it. Uh, just because there's a lot of big deer out here, you know, they'll, they don't, it doesn't, they're pretty unbothered. They don't get pressured a lot. So a little bit different than what I'm used to. Yeah, that's a lot different than what I'm used to. Yeah, yeah, in your neck of the woods, it sucks. Yeah, I feel like I snap a branch and all of a sudden, boom, gone. Yeah, yeah, I've hunted a little bit up there when I was stationed in, in Drum. And, yeah, the deer aren't very big, and they're really skittish. And I, I don't, <laughs> the worst, the worst I don't know. Combination. Oh yeah, I, I don't know if I'd want to. deer everywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know if I'd want to hunt up there during gun season either. Good lord, there's a lot of people. You know, it's it's definitely one of those things where you don't, you wouldn't want a uh, one of those decoys or anything carried around with you. I get a kick out of it. You know, guys will post. Uh, on Instagram, you know, you need to turn that rack upside down, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I understand in your area, but the chances, are, and I mean, it safety is important, but it's like, you know, in the territories, if you have a moose on your pack, you could get shot. And it's like, well, who's going to shoot you? We flew in here on a helicopter or, you know, right. who else is going to be around? But uh, I understand people's concern and, and to make sure people understand that, uh, you know, obviously safety is key, but I don't, I think people, reflect off of where they're at to everyone else sure. while safety I, is, is important the last chance you just gotta get shot at the same chance you gotta get hit by lightning you know i actually read a story uh it was yesterday that a woman had been shot and killed by a hunter while she was out walking her dogs and uh, i'm not, not good. no it's no no good and he had he did he shot her with a pistol apparently and it may or may not have been after dark oh good lord yeah, I'm not 100% sure, but that's what it was sounding like in the story. But, you know, I well, mean... Well, if you do... ever wonder why the rest of the world thinks we're all dumb shit, but that's a good example. Yeah, I mean, how do you how do you not verify a target? Mm, obviously, he's probably poaching. thought it was a taboo at night, but yeah. Um, that's, yeah, that, does, that gives the hunter the black eye, Jesus. Yeah. 
So, so speaking of tough times and black eyes, uh, you've been going through a lot personally lately. Oh yeah, I uh, I've kept it pretty secret. I didn't really tell anyone what was going on. I mean, just super close people to me, just because of the shit show I was in the middle of. But um, yeah, I mean, I did. I did. You listened to it a, a podcast on Kafar, on my podcast on Kafaro cast about it. But you know, Brian was with me through the entire thing with the gritty Bowman and um, kind of the short version was, you know, he had talked to me about you know, happiness or whatever, you know, Brian's a happy go. He wasn't like me, right? My, my child was much different than Brian's. And, uh, he, you know, it's like, you know, man, you need to find happiness. She doesn't make you happy. Nothing, nothing against her. Just like, you know, you need to bounce, like find somebody that makes you happy. And, uh, so anyway, you know, broke up and kind of a weird situation. You know, I, where, cause we were living together and, she didn't want to move and I'm like well hey I paid for this place I'll give you money and whatever it was a bad deal and uh broke up and uh, yeah I mean I got I was on a mule deer hunt helping out John Pinch and Brian and I got a call that hey Aaron the police just showed up here with divorce papers like a guy that served I'm like you know I'm laughing right and I'm like how the fuck is that possible I'm not married uh well I I learned quickly what common law marriage was so I I disputed the common law marriage, had to go to court for that, and I actually lost that, so then I was actually married. So then it came down to, um, you know, finances. Well, we didn't have any joint assets, you know. I mean, I've I've uh, structured my entire life to be in the woods, which means I don't have anything, right? Like, I have right. some gear. Like, um, and we didn't have any joint accounts or joint, uh, you know, joint cars or property or kids or whatever. So I thought, well, this will be simple. Well, it wasn't. So what I learned is, uh, and this can happen with men or women, so I'm not saying anything against women, uh, but if, if the woman has friends that are smart, they're going to lead them on what to do. And so when you go to court, they go off of what you make at that time. So if she had two months to prep for it, she could quit her job and she could empty her retirement and come up with some mystical illness that allows her not to work anymore and make it look like she makes less than minimum wage. And then she can potentially chalk up, well, all kinds of shit. Like, you know, I'm, I'm paid by all these different companies, which I, well, I, you know, I did have a direct contact for, for some, but, uh, you know, paint a completely really different picture than what actually happened in the eight years of the relationship, which I was in, meaning we both made within 20 grand of each other every year for eight years. And then, uh, or the, well, the last year I made more, I made quite a bit more than that, but, um, they base it off of what's going on right then. Um, and to prove that that's different, you, you've got to go to court. Um, you know, in my case, this lasted over a year and, and leave it up to a judge and, you know, who knows what a judge is going to, you know, say or do. It could be heavily in your favor. It could be, uh, against, but that's also going to cost you a shit ton of money through, uh, a, you know, having a, your lawyer fee. And the thing was, is I had so many horror stories uh, from friends. And then I also had, obviously, my knowledge of, of uh, past uh, history of, of, you know, what I have to now call my ex-wife, uh, meaning knowing, you know, whatever, like she, she had gotten a settlement, a very large one before and everything else. So I'm not saying, you know, she's a gold digger, but, um, she, you know, she, she knew what she was doing. Yeah. So, I mean, I went to mediation and I was like, 
the amount I had to pay was just ridiculous. What I thought for, well, amount I settled for, which was my choice, but you know, my lawyer fees were up to, Oh, I don't know, 44, 48,000. Um, and it would be another 12 to go through litigation. So I, you know, I settled out to basically the worst case scenario of what my lawyer thought I would have to pay, like knock it out of the park, you know, bottom of the ninth, three on base type thing. Like, and then I chalked up what I would have to pay in lawyer fees. You know, I said, okay, well, this is going to be another 12. And, um, and that was what I, uh, what I ended up paying over the next three years. So yeah, I've been doing a lot of, again, you know, I don't talk about my personal life a whole lot, but yeah, I've, I've definitely started to put in a lot more all glass shower doors and shit lately, uh, for side money, uh, just to get this paid off as fast as I can. Gee, <laughs> so, so if people want a glass shower door put in, they can give you a call. Well, thank God I got some skills behind me, right? Like, you know, I don't think people realize sometimes where people like you and I uh, come from. You know, I mean, uh, I was in the military before, and then I, I did construction where I did commercial. I did basically curtain walls, which are big, all-glass walls and high-rises, and then I did real custom shower doors and handrails and shit like that. And I, and I went to a lot of schooling for, like, low-voltage wiring for automatic, you know, like, uh, you know, panic bar-type doors and uh, security systems on doors and percolite, like, all-glass doors. So, luckily, I've got a skill set that, uh, you know, other than hunting, because, I mean, you can only do what I'm doing so much. And if I've got a choice to write an article where I'm going to make 500 bucks or I'm going to go put in a shower door and make 2,500 bucks, well, it doesn't take a mathematician that says I'm going to be doing some manual labor because there's a hell of a lot more pay in that. Yeah, yeah. It, turn, it turns out that you, it's nice to have more than just being able to bullshit about hunting behind you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, I mean, I, you know, not, not complaining, I mean, I mean, the one thing I've learned about this is money cannot buy happiness throughout the course of this whole thing. You know, if, if any, because I've used hundreds of people have messaged me. But they, and I, when I say hundreds, that's not an exaggeration. Well over a hundred about their situation or a situation they're in. And if I could give anyone any fucking advice, is money cannot buy happiness. So if, if a lot of things get taken from you, um, meaning like... Uh, monetarily or material things, you know, it doesn't really make a shit a difference in the end because, um, you know, you, you, you make your own happiness, right. And my happiness is, is in the field, right. It's in the woods. It's doing, you know, helping people doing what I do. And I, she will never be happy, right. Like she's, uh, one thing I learned is she went into this relationship, maybe not the beginning, but towards the end as a business deal, right. Like she, you know, as I, as I learned as time went on about um, some of the evidence brought against me, meaning like paperwork that was showed that we were common law marriage. You know, my dumb ass, I didn't even think about it, right? I had a common law, what's that? Who cares? Whatever. Well, you know, paperwork that was signed where she hand wrote common law married to make it look better for the court, you know, and, and hey, that's legal. And, you know, maybe, maybe her intentions were different than I'm thinking, but um, the the point being is I stayed as happy as I could be. Like most people, I had no idea. I stayed in the woods. I stayed doing what I was doing and I didn't change my life. Of course that did get brought against me, you know, like, you know, like, you know, it's like I had a dollar for every Instagram follower, right? Like that kind of shit got brought against me in court, like yeah. my status in the industry. Yeah. But 
you know, I kept hunting. I, I kept doing podcasts. And even though that was all held against me, I think mentally I was better for it because I never let her, you know, I'd say it, but I never let her take her, my peace from me. Like no matter, you know, no matter how pissed I would get because of a stupid text or a phone call, I'd be like, you know what? Fuck it. Hey, Frank, grab your pack. Let's go in the field for three or four days. And that's what we would do. And so that was a big deal. That I mean, I think that kept me sane. Which is like kind of funny because anyone who knows you and has known you for a while knows you're not a materialistic person trying to now, acquire. Yesterday, I passed up a contract, endorsement contract for forty grand because it went against what I believe in. So yeah, I'm, I'm not a money-driven person. Now, when you <laughs> say what you believe in, you mean the. You just didn't, weren't feeling it, or you didn't like the equipment, or what, what kind of? Yeah, didn't like the equipment. This wasn't your bag. No, no, it wasn't. And I think people, you know, I get hated on for certain things, and I think if people realize, not not complaining, but what, you know, not only myself, but the Faru gives up um, to kind of try to stand by what you believe in to a certain degree, meaning, you know, I could use a, a sub, uh, an inferior product that, uh, you know, would get, and that company would promote Kafaru heavily and would probably help Kafaru out in the long run. In some ways, you know, it's still going against the grain, so, so to speak, you know, it's still not, uh, you know, not the best, not the, the direction I want the company to be going or, or whatever. So, no, but yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I'm sure ahead. there's people here listening and they heard you passed up 40 grand to promote some kind of, outdoor equipment and, and their jaws have hit the floor. <laughs> well, I mean, and I think that's where I get my validity. And again, obviously haters aside, I mean, one of the reasons why, why I try to give good advice and, you know, or whatever. is So people, man, I mean, you know how it is when you're poor, right? I was poor forever. Still poor now, but I was poorer. And you go buy something that somebody said was good and it sucks. You know, it's not like you can have them take it back. You know, you're stuck with it. So I try to, use as much gear as I can uh, from as many different companies as I can to tell people, you know, Hey, yeah, this is worth getting or, or it's not. So, but, uh, but yeah, I mean the, you know, the, like I, you know, I know there was exactly definitely what you mean. A, it's like, uh, yeah, you're out there saying this is good. Right. And people behind the scenes, you don't even know about listening to you or following you. They're scraping together their coins, you know, adding things up. They have to give up something to get that piece of gear. And then if it's really not as good as you've been saying, you just kind of fucked them <laughs> a little bit. Well, you know? I mean, honestly, one of the companies I've, I've been using um, and I have had great luck with that I've recently switched from, I had some issues with, you know, a guy at the range yesterday as I'm shooting came over to me and he bought that exact product and he had issues with it just like I did. So, you know, if you can imagine everything's gold for eight months and then the last four, something just went to shit, right? Like, I'm like, what the hell's going on? And, uh, and he talked to me about it and I, you know, I felt obviously guilty and I said, man, I, I had the same problem and I told him the story and, and I said, but I, I haven't talked to the owner of this company yet cause I've been too busy. I'm going to, and I will make sure it's made right for you. Even if I've got to pay for it, because dude, I feel horrible that you bought this. Cause I said so, because I had the exact same thing happen to me. And so sometimes shit just happens to where nothing you do about it. 
but I, I still try and do my best to give the best advice. And I mean, dude, not to keep bringing up, you know, go back and forth on this, but this is one of the things that I was amazed what was brought against me on this was the companies I deal with. I had to get a letter from every cut. Co- now, everyone, not everyone, most people know I wear Scarpa boots and dabble using other boots, right? And Crispy mm-hmm. was one I tried because Brian used them. Okay, so then everybody um, knows I've used Hilleberg, for example, and I've used Swarovski. So I had to get letters from all of these companies stating they didn't pay me and what they gave me and a list of what free gear I've got. Now, as most anyone knows that lives around me, I give that gear away. Like somebody comes to my house and and I just, because it's not right for me to get it for free and give it away within reason. I mean, I'm not going to say I've never sold gear that was given to me because if it was something I wrote an article for and I got free gear for it or something, yeah. But for the most part, I try to just give all this stuff away to people that aren't as fortunate to, to have it. Dude, that got that was a dollar amount that year that got brought against me for for the amount I would have to pay. So that's kind of bullshit I went through. Like, so you didn't um, get to get know, letters out from people saying, "Oh, he gave me this either." I I did, but I still had it, and it was it was. So here's what's fucked up. I did not have any idea how many credit cards she had because we had totally separate accounts. Her debt, her her debt was brought was now my debt. Well, I don't have any fucking debt because I don't like credit cards. So I don't have any bills. But what everything was ever given to me that was good, like any gear, any endorsement contract, any article I wrote, I got paid for. Half mm-hmm. of that's hers now. This is how fucked up the system is. So basically, it's like, um, you know, Bernie, um, you know, you know, you know, what's fair is fair. You know, this guy may not work very hard and he's lazy. This guy works really hard. We'll just split the shit in half, right? Like this. Well, so for all my hard work and everything I had done, she now had half of that. Now she had every opportunity to do the same things I did, but now that's brought against me. And that's what I didn't understand was like, so wait a minute, I've got six Hilleberg tents at the house. Three were given to me in trade for a sponsorship for, you know, for, for us doing, for me writing an article or whatever. The other three I paid half price for, right? I got a discount. But now half of those tents are hers, but she didn't walk one fucking mile with 200 pounds on her back or 150 pounds to tell the story. But now I got to give her that shit. Jeez. And and, and that's kind of what I ended up having to deal with. Hey, let me ask you this. So this is one thing I was wondering. Say you and I lived together for seven years or whatever it is, and you and you would refer to me as your husband. On the podcast, yeah, we're married, and that's we're, no shit. That's what killed me was saying wife on the podcast, and the way that the gay thing works nowadays, or whatever. I you mean, I dude, you can take me to up. court for it. Yep, you know, and you you think about things taken out of context or dumb shit that I've said. You know, I never in a million years. Um, I mean, obviously, I cared for that woman at one time a lot, right? And things change. Um, but I never intended on marrying her. And I had several witnesses state that right through the common law portion um, that, you know, that they, they said exactly what they repeated what I said. That was she's a gold digger and I'm never going to marry. Her. I don't trust her. And I don't. And I didn't. And there's a good reason why. Uh, now, I'll probably end up back in court for slander for saying that there's some bullshit. But that is the truth. That's what I said. And that's what those people testify to. Uh, Clay Lancaster tried to get me to move to Canada to 
help him with a, you know, whatever, a company I'm going to. Um, he said, well, my ex is a dual, has dual citizenship, marry her and you're good. And I'm like, man, I ain't going to do it. We got to find another way. I'm not doing it. I had people testify to that and that judge, it's up to his discretion if they're lying or not, whether or not he believed them or whatever. So, um, you know, things that, um, you may not think are a big deal. She posted something about marriage on my Facebook wall in, in 2010. I didn't mm. think about it. It's, it talked about love and marriage. Well, you know what? That shit got right against me in fucking court. Why, they said I should have said publicly, we're not married. Well, what kind of an epic fucking shit show would that be to come home after she posts it to be nice and you say, oh, we're not married, everyone. What kind of relationship are you walking into when you walk back in the door? She's going to be, you piece of shit. What? Oh, yeah, I'm just going to publicly post. So things that just I didn't even think about, right, were brought against me. And I'm not saying I'm, I'm innocent in the sense of I didn't care that what she posted. We wore rings from time to time. Didn't bug me. She wanted me to wear a ring, made her feel better, whatever. You know, she turned that around and said it was my idea to wear a ring. Well, anyone that knows me knew that was a crock of shit. Yeah, so, I love jewelry. I yeah, exactly. Can be, this could be brought into court. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, that's the thing. It's all done now and over with. But yeah, dude, it was, a, it was a trip, right? And I'm traveling. I mean, when this happened, John Pinch, I had to leave their hunt, which an area that I was helping with that I knew. And I had to leave. And he's like, dude, what are you worried about? You're not married. He's like, you know, I just don't have any bills together. And I'm like, dude, I know her. This is going to be fucking bad, dude. Bad. This is how bad it was. My buddy, um, I'll just say his name, unbelievable divorce lawyer, Kevin Massaro. He's a Kafaru guy. This shit pops off. I call Kevin. I'm like, dude, I'm going to need your help. He's like, Aaron, anything you need. I mean, Kevin's an unbelievable guy. He's like, brother, whatever you need. <coughs> he calls me back. And this is, I, this is crazy. He calls me back two hours later. Aaron, uh, I can't, I can't defend you. She came to the office two weeks ago to conflict interest. She knew damn good and well she couldn't afford him. She cock blocked me from using my buddy, my friend, one of the best divorce lawyers in Colorado. She knew wow. that. So she went to them and had a consultation ahead of time. Now, here's what's amazing. Um, so at the end, she tried to say I physically abused her to a few different people I found out, right? Which wow. anybody that knows me, when it comes to women, I'll kill 10 people if they touch a woman. It's just not my thing. So she when we're figuring out this mediation thing, she said, I don't want Aaron to have my next address. Will you pay her lawyer? Right. So I pay his estate. She pays her. Well, she never paid him hardly any money during this divorce that she owed him quite a bit to that first payment. He kept a lot of it and it was a large payment. She was going to stiff him. I'm sure maybe not. I don't know. Um, I shouldn't even say that, but I have no doubt in my mind, and this is an opinion that, she was probably going to keep a lot of that money and not pay him. Maybe she was going to pay him. Um, maybe not, but, um, she, um, he kept a lot of that money on that first payment. She didn't get nearly as much as she thought to pay off the lawyer fees. Wow. Yeah. So, and I probably shouldn't have said that, but that is the truth. He did keep a lot. I think she was expecting quite a bit more. So I don't know what happened with all that, but, but either way, um, yeah, I mean, anyone, listening going through this definitely it's easy for me to say but i could say it going through it money doesn't buy happiness 
just try to keep focused and, and do what you do. Like for me, it's fitness, being in the woods, helping people. I kept doing that. I mean, nobody even knew this was going on for a year other than my no, close, close, no close friends. No clue. <laughs> and I didn't want to hang out. My Like, you know, she's posting your motivational bullshit. Throw me to the wolves. I'll come out leading the pack. It's like, no, throw you to the wolves. You're going to try to marry the richest one. <laughs> what are you talking about? Leading the pack. Just shit like that on her Facebook page. And, you know, she t- talked a bunch of shit on her Facebook page about me. And, uh, you know, I was trying to be professional. I'm not going to hang my dirty laundry out on fucking social media, right? I'll, like, I'll tell you, you know, it, when it comes to social media, though, in the hunting industry, there's a few things I wouldn't miss if they went away. The phrases about wolves in leadership is one of them. Uh, well, I just, you know, my buddies are watching her social media page for the first month after this to see because she kept like slander type stuff saying pretty bad stuff about me and uh uh you know and their photographs and you know obviously whatever and um you know and i mean we we had plants well i say plants friends of hers get on the podcast and make comments like oh is Aaron a polygamist now because you know i left her for another chick which is where a while this went downhill so fast or but one of the reasons, obviously. And I'm thinking, what you think you're that? I mean, no one knows this, right? No one knows what's going on except people that would take a bullet for me. So they're not posting this. So the only people that could be posting these comments are people in the know. And those people in the know know you, you dumb shit. So, you know, we're blocking all kinds of people that are saying dumb stuff. It was crazy. So are you no longer with Gritty Bowman or are you doing it part-time mm-hmm. now that you got your own cat? No. no, I mean, I'll do it. Um, you know, I'll probably hop on there once a month. I mean, I'll hop on there as much as I can, but I mean, right now my focus is, is on Tafaru, on me, on Frank, on Dana, um, you know, the people, um, uh, you know, around me at, at Tafaru, obviously the entire Smith family. Um, but I've, I've done enough stuff for enough people. I've helped build enough companies where I didn't really get a lot out of it. Not nothing against them, obviously. Uh, when I say didn't get a lot out of it, I need to build my own future, and my future is with Tafaro. Um, so you're not and it allows Canada? Me, no. Um, and it allows me to do and say, not negatively say, but say a lot more specifically like about gear than I could if I stayed with, you know, Gritty Bowman. And not... Nothing wrong with Gritty Bowman. I mean, there's no like drama there or whatever. I mean, it's just he, the direction he's going, the direction I have trouble not using what I want to use and saying what I want to say. Um, right. It comes back yeah, to okay. Aaron Snyder's still got to be Aaron Snyder. And when yeah. you, know, you got a partner and you got to dance together, you got to give a little. And I mean, anyone who knows you knows you like going the way you want to go. You know, oh, yeah. And, right, and no I mean, what. What it costs Brian you. and I go ahead. I said, even no matter if it's going to cost you 40 grand, you're going to do what you feel is right. Yeah. I mean, and Brian and I helped out each other a ton. You know what I mean? Like there was a lot of people that had, I mean, and still do, but, um, a bad opinion on me cause I don't smile or whatever rumors they heard, but what the podcast did is allow people to see, I'm I actually have an insane sense of humor and I'm, I'm never serious. Like I'm joking constantly. And, and obviously, um, uh, you know, people, uh, you know, on Brian's side of things, a lot of people got on there to tune in to listen to me or some of my knowledge that helped him grow. So it was a good relationship. And, and uh, you know, he's he's working with Mountain Ops now quite a bit. 
I mean, which obviously I work with mount ops too, but I'm not very good at like the, this is how I conquer thing. Nothing wrong with that. I don't mind, you know, the hashtagging or what I, it's just not my thing. Um, I'm not going to no, talk about this. The, how I, I, I think even that you're going to see shift a little, I think you're going to start seeing a shift in social media presentation. Well, they give me crap. A lot of what I say they, a lot of people do because I don't tag really my photos and I don't say much. I just post a photo. And I'm like, well, if I'm doing my job, that photo should tell its own story. I don't need to write a fucking book, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> this photo should tell it if I did my job. Now, every now and then, like, I posted a photo of a buck I shot in 2010, and I just, I posted, obviously, what the photo, the story, the photo didn't tell. You know, missed this buck the first shot, and he ran out and lucky enough to get a second shot. Unbelievable hunt. And then there's the deer, you know? Like, I posted one yesterday of... um of Alex, the guy I'm hunting with, I'm actually sitting here waiting on him now. Um, him on the fence line with a pack on, he's got the, the heads up decoy on the sun's coming up. Not a lot of story needs to be told there, right? Like no. you can see he's glassing for a buck. You can see we got the decoy on the sun's just coming up. There's frost on the, the barbed wire fence we're on. Well, I don't need to hashtag stick for it. This is how I conquer whatever. Hopefully at the end of the day, there's a big fucking deer on the ground and I conquered and I don't really need to tag that. <laughs> now, if people... You'll know if I'm conquering and you'll know if I'm not by the picture. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, if people want to do that, that's fine. And, and Mountain Ops does that a lot. It's just, they know we have a very good understanding and I love Casey and Jordan. I mean, they're like brothers. But I'm not going to do that shit. It is not me. I just, I can't, any, I just, it's just not in me to do that. And there's nothing wrong with it. And I have friends that I'm like, you know, they do certain things and, 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 and that are great. And then they do other things where they, there's other things they don't do that. I'm like, why, why is it that big of a deal? Why won't you do that? And it's just like a principle they have. And Mountain Ops is great at kind of working around some of the principles, I guess you could say I have, but I just, uh, you know, I, the tagging thing, right? There's certain you know, shit if you you're got, not going to do and there's certain shit you will. Well, and I mean, I tag Kafaro Life and Kafaro Cast, and occasionally we'll tag some dumb shit like Copenhagen, or I'll hashtag hashtag. But I mean, <laughs> the story should tell itself in the photo, and I I try to leave it at that. See, I'm not that great at photos, so I really depend on my story. But that's why I started yeah. a website where I write instead of take pictures. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, thank you God, got, I hate writing, so I got to take some pretty damn photos. You know, if I could tell us, if I could tell you five hundred word story about how I didn't kill shit in the woods, I'm doing all right. Yeah, no, no kidding. Uh, that's funny, but uh, but but yeah, I mean that that uh, that got over with two days before we went on a month long trip to Montana, BC, and Alberta. So it was a huge relief when I, you know, went through mediation, did all that, because then we went and did this giant loop of hunting. Um, so it was a big stress off, you know, stress reliever off me, which has I, been kind of, I can't imagine the stress and pressure. That's the other thing. I can't imagine what kind of stress and pressure that puts on you for that long. Yeah. I mean, the stress of obviously Kafaru and the growing, the stress of, um, you know, trying to cap it. Well, I don't get too stressed on hunts. I mean, I really don't get stressed at all anymore and I haven't for a while, which is good as far as being, you know, successful or whatever. I mean, the hunt's going to happen or it's not, but definitely stressed of when I get back, is there going to be a pile of hate mail from a, her lawyer? Is there you know, like I paid work from the court? How much do I have to do 
you know, because it's time consuming when you got to dig up bank accounts for eight years. It's time consuming when you got to get a hold of every sponsor you've ever worked with and then talk to them, which is something they don't have to do to write you a letter. You know, that was one thing like I truly found out who my friends were in the industry when I was asking them to do stuff like this. Um, you know, she said I was making 50 grand a year from Sitka, right? I didn't make a fucking dime from Sitka. Now, Brian made money from Sitka, but I did. I made money from First Light, right? And I, I turned that paperwork in. Um, but with Sitka, they just gave me camo. So I, I called the people I work with at Sitka and I said, hey, I need you to write this and you will probably be, be you'll be subpoenaed. You'll have to go on stand. So don't, don't, don't write it like it is exactly how you would say if you were under oath. And, you know, they wrote that I got this much gear um, and this is what I'm supposed to do, which is basically wear it and post photos. Uh, but do you know what kind of solid you have to ask people for to do that? Like, hey, I need oh, you yeah. to write a. So, oh yeah. So, I mean, I learned real quick who my buddies were and who had my back and who didn't in the industry, um, through all of this. And, and those people, um, you know, I'll be loyal to for, for a long, a long, long time. You know, the dynamic with Sitka was kind of funny because some of the people that worked for Sitka and their marketing department kind of had it out for me for the last few years, which is why I didn't wear Sitka. Um, but then, you know, when, when, when Gritty changed over, um, you know, everybody's like, oh, you're bought and paid for whatever. And, and, uh, you know, I'm like, well, maybe, you know, I can see how people can understand that, but I, I wear pretty much what I want to now, right? Like there's no bought and paid for shit going on on my end. I'm wearing what I want to. And that was the company, um, uh, Sloan and Tyler who worked for backbone media have been literally the best people in the industry to work with. Um, and that dude, they they were they've been solid to me uh, since the beginning, and and I, so I and I told them I'm like, well, I mean, you guys they've been great to me. I'm gonna wear what I want to wear yours, and it may not be all your stuff all the time. And they didn't give a shit. I mean, that says something about that company. Um, and and they did have to write that letter. They didn't ask any questions. They didn't. They said we understand. They were super cool about it. And and um, you know, I didn't get that letter from other companies, which was a problem. And you know, I felt I had earned at least in me writing a letter for what I had done for some of those companies. So I learned a lot for sure. <laughs> a quick list of who not to work with anymore, right? Yeah, no kidding. The industry is a funny thing in a lot of different ways. I mean, not just uh, not just working with companies, but people. You know what I mean? Like, you look at like Phil Mendoza. Uh, you know, I'll have that guy's back until the end of time, right? Like, I will. I mean, literally, whether he needs me to go help him bury a body um, or whatever, he that dude has always been behind me. And other people in the industry that I had treated even better than I treat still, you know, now are against me for whatever reason. And, you know, you look back in the case of one guy specifically, I treated him like a brother. You know what I mean? Gave him... Mm-hmm tried to get his name in the industry, gave him tons and tons of gear, gave him as much publicity as I could. And, you know, now he's against me and I'm like, well, dude, it's, I mean, let's be realistic here. Okay. Whatever. If you think I did something wrong, that's fine. But I pretty much made you who you are uh, in the industry because I wanted to, because I looked at you as a friend and a brother. And now when I see you, you know, you need, you need to run. 
like I, I mean, you, you better run fast away from me because now you're, you know, you're trying to screw me and my family and my company I work for over. Dude, it's weird how the dynamic in the other industry works sometimes. Hey, what, um, what happened to him? Where'd he go? Well, he kind of got kicked off the island. He's, he's not in Denver anymore. None of us really talked to him for multiple different reasons. And, you know, maybe at some time he and I can talk in person. I, it's not going to happen right now because, I mean, he's getting shit beat out of him. But, I mean, he has done some dirty things that I don't particularly care for. Um, mm. And, uh, well, think about it. Let's That's say, um, you know, I walked into the archery range and, you know, Phil didn't give me a deal on a bow because um, he was like way behind on them and I had to pay full price. And then I'm like, oh, okay. And so then I, I start going to another range talking shit about how much Bill's range sucks because he couldn't huh. give me a deal one time. It was that kind of a thing. It was that, it was that type of thing. Which is kind of funny because, like, not to throw this out there, but you, it's like I bought my fucking Apollo bag from Kafaru. I wasn't going to wait for an Aaron Snyder handout to get it, you know. Could yeah, I have been, yeah. you know, chiseled one out of you? Sure. But it was yeah. something I wanted, so I was going to buck up and pay the money, you know, and support it. That's the other thing. If you don't, you can't always have your hand out, you know. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it's not like the wallet out. Well, I mean, you know, example, I needed, there was some Sitka gear I didn't have, and I was in. Uh, Great Falls, Montana, and I, I just bought it, right? And people are like, oh, you'd never pay full price for that. Well, the fuck, I won't. I just did. Um, you know what I mean? It's like, I just, I just dropped about five bills on, uh, uh, you know, on stick of gear. Great Falls didn't blink an eye, you know what I mean? And, and uh, you know, so yeah, I, I agree. And I mean, I'm, I'm a person that can generally make a call and get, you know, at least a, a good buddy deal or something free. Um, but everybody's got to eat, right? Like, um, you know, as far as money wise, like a lot of companies, I literally, I'm just like, look, I don't want you to give me the product. You, you're just getting going. You're only a couple years into it. I'll pay for it. Just give me a bro deal. Um, you know, cause it's hard getting going in the outdoor industry, especially with all the competition and shit. I mean, it, it, is, yeah, rough, it is. So even podcasts, which used to be kind of a new thing, it's tough to get traction. Anything you do is tough to get traction. No, it is anymore. That's for sure. It's, I like bro deals, you know, but you can't give your shit away and have a successful company, unfortunately. <laughs> no, no. I mean, even like you say, the podcast thing, when Brian started, there was probably four good podcasts, honey. Yeah. 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 There's fucking 400 of them now. Um, I mean, there's a ton and, and, uh, I mean, obviously the, the gritty bone, well, I mean, as far as I know, I mean, I'm, we're going to do co-promotional stuff, but with Brian and I and, and everything else, um, you know, and we'll studio hunts together and everything, but, um, you know, there's a lot of competition out now that is, it is amazing to me because some of the people on doing these podcasts, I don't feel really should be given any advice, but, um, man, they are. <laughs> One of the reasons I stopped focusing on just hunting was because Phil didn't have really the time to do it full time anymore. And I didn't feel I had that enough hunting yeah. to just carry it on my own, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah, for for sure. Um man, I'm gonna have to cut this off. My buddy's just pulling in here and I need to go kill something. But um All let's right. do uh part let's do part two um the ride home. Whenever I'm done with this hunt. Yeah, we can do it on the ride home. Hopefully I kill one today. But I'll either call you tonight or we'll talk later this week. Um and I'll fill you in on how the hunt went.
Hell yeah, my man. All right, good luck. Get it done. Thanks, man. Take it easy. Thanks for having me on.